0: Is televised. Hey everyone! Welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hit Zero. Hi. Ah, uh, this is the final Hot Hits of 2022. We're quite excited because we have lots to talk about here. Um, Pro Wrestling is ending the year strong across many companies. I mean, I guess with the exception of NWA, which has been shit for the last couple of years. (laughs) But every other company from AEW to Ring of Honor, which are affiliated to uh, NXT and WWE, Mm -hmm. uh, seem to be, uh, I don't know, hitting the stride right now. Um, Ending the year on a good note, hoping to begin 2023 on a better note. Uh, And we'll talk about all that, of course, um, including all the big pay-per-views that just uh, passed, including AEW's Winter is Coming, Ring of Honor's Final Battle, NXT's Deadline, plus we'll talk about WWE SmackDown World Cup, uh, which was won uh, by Ricochet. Um, And and we'll talk about his fantastic run there um, because he's been having banger five-star matches Mm -hmm. through and through. It's a bit of a renaissance for the high-flyer. We'll get into that. Plus, we'll talk about Mandy Rose getting shockingly fired recently. Um, a, a move that kind of came out of nowhere. And we'll talk about the controversy surrounding it. Yeah. Uh, alongside another controversial exit. Uh, this time a more amicable one. Uh, William Ringo has decided to leave AEW. Opt out of his contract. Uh, to return to the WWE to work with his son. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Let's begin though with the ROH Ring of Honor final battle. Uh, man, uh, this was a bit of a... Uh, a very very notable card, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't you say? Uh, considering that five
1: new champions were crowned. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, before we get into that, though, did you watch the pre-show?
1: I know I sadly didn't catch the pre-show.
0: That's okay. Yeah. Um, what happened though? So um, yeah, I'm just gonna give you like a quick rundown of the pre-show. Uh, Mascara Dorada from uh, CMLL uh, took mm-hmm. on Jeff Cobb. Uh, that was a pretty fun match. Uh, as well. Um, probably my highlight. We had uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society 2.0 uh, defeated Shinobi Shadow Squad Cheeseburger and Eli really? Um Pretty basic match. Willow Nightingale defeats Trisha Dora uh, in a very very good match as well. Uh, top flight Dante and Darius Martin defeats the Kingdom Matt and Mike uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett alongside uh, Maria Canales. Uh, so yeah, that was the, the final. Uh, what was it called again? Zero Hour mm-hmm. of Final Battle? Um nothing much to write home there except for Top Flight looks great. Mm-hmm. Um Jeff Cobb looks great. Um uh, yeah, I mean solid zero hour, but not, nothing much to write home about. Uh. uh so we're gonna be jumping right into the main show. Mm-hmm. Uh first match up, uh E.R. Fox and Blake Christian take on La Foxion, Igno uh, made up of Oof. Galistico and Roosh, accompanied by Jose the assistant. A new member of LFI, Preston Bands. Uh What do you think about this uh, tag team opener?
1: Uh, I thought this was a solid match. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast-paced, uh, great um, ring psychology in a sense for the okay. tag team yeah. match. <coughs> yep. uh, and also, you know, with so many luchadors involved. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Uh, I really like Blake Christian uh, and AR Fox, actually. I think they yep. put up... ROH
0: uh, uh, alums, like, well, they've been there for quite yeah, a while. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, uh, I think they put up quite a show. Um, mm. But yeah, I think the Luchados are just too powerful for them. Uh.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, what do you think about the, the, the finish of it?
1: I was fine with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, like them beating up the referee, getting yeah, exactly. suspended and all of that. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have nothing much to say about the matches and entertaining yeah, opener. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up though, it's... One of many, many title uh, changes on on the card. The ROH Women's World Championship, where Afina defeated Mercedes Martinez, uh, the the defending champion at that point. Uh, Wow. This match delivered on intensity, Mm -hmm. I felt. um, The new heel turn by Afina has really given her a new, rougher, tougher, more compelling itch that makes her more, a lot more watchable yeah. than the kind of bland baby face that she was as Ember Moon mm-hmm. or when she came in as an Athena. Um, I think this was a very skillful slobber knocker. Um, and, and Athena won the title on her home turf yeah. uh, in front of a supportive crowd, which is ironic considering, you know, this is her first pay-per-view as a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but she worked face um, because, you know, it's it's a hometown. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, this match, I think, delivered. Uh, I think Athena is the right call to be your new ROH Women's yep. Champion. Um, I like the story that they built Same, the, 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 long, the long history yeah. that uh, Mercedes and uh, Athena have had uh, back in the indies. Um, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, one?
1: I needed the video because I had not much prior knowledge
0: because mm-hmm. I only
1: know Athena on her NXT run and her WWE run, right? Ember Moon, yeah. yeah. So, prior to that, I didn't know the history, so the video really uh, helped catch up on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Athena had a great performance. Uh, this was the kind of wrestler that Shushu had been la, in the main roster la. Mm-hmm. Uh, But okay, yep, I yep, mean, yep. since she's now the ROH's champion, I, I think mm-hmm. she can really push that uh the potential that she was supposed to reach la.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent agree with Ella. This is the 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 championship that I think she needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean some belts need the person Mm -hmm. um and i think the roh women's world championship doesn't have quite a strong lineage because it's so new right and if i think athena might be one of their first truly truly great champions Mm -hmm. if she she keeps it up and i think the hilton has has done a lot Mm -hmm. to add fan interest including my interest into watching athena in the future uh next up we have the dissenting swerve in our glory keeve lee Mm -hmm. and so strickland taking on Shane Taylor Promotions made up of JD Griffey and Shane Taylor. Uh, for those of you unaware of Ring of Honor history, uh, back when Keith Lee was signed to NXT, uh, he left Shane Taylor Promotions in a lurch. Yep. Uh, Shane Taylor and him were previously a tag team. They were about to get an ROH title shot, which they didn't get because Keith Lee signed with the WWE. Uh, R.H. is trying to bring back that history here. Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor Promotions propping up to say, you know, Keith Lee leaving Swerve, just one of many times that he's left that team partners. He's unreliable. He's untrustworthy. They want revenge. Cool story. Uh, cool story. Mm. Um, also, you know, building on the dissension that Keith Lee and Swerve has has been experiencing over the past few months, especially with regards to Swerve's underhanded heel tactics, which Keith Lee doesn't approve of, um, which you know kind of coalesces into. Uh, uh, a perfect mixture of a very old story and a very new exactly. story uh, what, do, what do you think about this uh, tag team between uh, Shane Taylor Promotions and Swerve in Our Glory
1: so I like that they continue the whole miscommunication thing mm-hmm. I like that Swerve left this time right
0: yeah Keith Lee left during the Acclaim match exactly. uh, the last time yeah. but
1: instead of you know losing this match he was actually able to win la. Yep, um, yep. so yeah, yeah interesting Swerve I guess Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think this match delivered. The action was great. Um, the story was great. Um, yeah, I, I'll I give this actually one of the better matches of the night.
0: This is definitely, I think it's, uh, in my opinion, probably the, the third best match yeah, of the night. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, how familiar are you with Shane Taylor promotions prior to this match?
1: Uh, just that he was a tag team. Uh, he used to tag team with uh, Keith Lee, la.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, what what do you think about Shane Taylor? What do you think about JD Griffey?
1: I think they're both quite talented, eh? They they, yep. they they put up quite a show. Uh, they they more than delivered on their end of this tag team match. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are going to be ROH stalwarts, right? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But Shane Taylor
0: promotions were clearly brought in here to make Keith Lee look good and further the Keith Lee swirl storyline, yep. Shane Taylor Promotions is a bit of a subplot, mm-hmm. um, which makes me not sure whether they're signed or not la, because they're, they're clearly there to do the job. La. I mean, it was two on one and they lost. Yeah, right? they did. Yep, yep. Uh, anyways, really, really solid match. I thought some defeats were strength by Keith Lee, awesome. specifically him him catching uh, Shane oh, Taylor's uh, crossbody. Yes. Wow, amazing stuff. Uh, Next up, we have the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, the trios match, mm. Dalton Castle and the boys, the defending champs take on the embassy up of Bishop, made up of Bishop Cohn, Brian Cage, and Tua Leona, uh, accompanied by the manager, Prince Nana. What do you think about this trio's match?
1: It was alright. Um, it was fun, it was, right? fun. It was
0: I, I think a lot of it is elevated because of Dalton Castle and the yes. boys' antics.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, Honestly, yeah, this was also another entertaining match. I think throughout the night, there was nothing that was too bad. You mm. know, like, maybe... Three out of five, but nothing lesser than that. I feel, yeah. Yep. And yep. This match I felt was like a solid B, you know. Mm. Um, it was entertaining. Uh, I like Dalton. I like the boys. Yep. Uh, yep. I think Dalton Castle is one of those great showmans, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he delivered what the audience wanted. Yeah, I'm down.
0: Definitely. Uh, the Embassy wins via a Prince Nana distraction. Uh, a power bomb from Cage. Uh, got the pinfall. Uh, I I thought the match was fun. Yep. Uh it didn't overstay its welcome. It yes. was a very short match. Um and the the in the styles I think made it made it really Correct. uh really funny. Yeah, this is more of a comedy yeah. match. Uh which which I was totally down with. What was not a comedy match though was the, the rubber match between Wheeler Utah and Daniel Garcia for the ROH pure championship. Um boy, I mean these two seem to be unable to deliver a bad match, especially under pure rules. Um and, and what I find really interesting about this uh third match between them is it's not actually a rubber match. Their first match was a 60-minute draw. Mm-hmm. Second match was a Wheeler Utah win. Uh, the third match was a Daniel Garcia win. Uh uh sorry, it was Daniel Garcia and then Willow Utah now. Yep. So it's one-one and one. Yeah. Um so they're still tied Uh but yeah, I, I I thought this match was a banger. Particularly I like the psychology yes. of Daniel Garcia who who used the pure rules to his advantage? To his advantage yeah. The way that he caused, or uh, essentially forced, uh, Willa Yuta to use up his rope breaks. The way that he he baited Willa Yuta into using a close fist. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. He, he was baiting Willa Yuta up until the point where Willa Yuta just out wrestled him. But Daniel Garcia had a really smart game plan. I really liked it. Yes. Um, and I thought this was one of the best examples of how to use pure rules, uh, in a very innovative way. Or well, what do you think about? This? Agreed.
1: I like this rivalry. I feel that there's a lot of legs here. Um, yep. I've not, I've never not been entertained by these two guys uh,
0: mm-hmm. since
1: they started the the, the rivalry. Um, yep. Daniel Garcia is a superstar man. He yep. does feel like the next uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, yep. Willow Utah, I think, put up a really really good. I I guess underdog story in a sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Coming from behind kind of thing. Um, yep. He was kind of outclassed for a while by Garcia, and yeah, yeah uh, the grit and all made him through, got him through it uh, mm, Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was one of those better matches of the night. So I think I will give this like an
0: A. Yeah, yeah. This was this was in my opinion the second best match of the night. I think the the number one is a bit of a new yeah. arena, so. <laughs> Obviously so but yeah, I, th- I thought this was the second best match of the okay. night. Uh at the end, at the end of the night, um Garcia refused uh the code of honor, he didn't shake his hand. Yeah. but he did pick up the title and hand it over to Utah, which is as much of a sign of respect as you can get mm-hmm. lah. Um and he, he did. I I appreciated that. I thought it was a nice moment at the end. Uh Willie Utah is your champion again. Uh really, really cool. Um yeah, I like this a lot. I just and i think this plays into the later match as mm-hmm. well i just really want the bcc uh js feud to end already it's been going on since april yeah. and and we're still at it you know um across two brands and i'm quite sick of it already so
1: yeah it got a bit more like, when it continued on winter. I, I,
0: I, absolutely i i love watching these two wrestle don't get yeah, me wrong yeah. you know um and I think they will, they will have like 10, 15 more matches sure. before their career is over. You know, it seems like a rivalry built for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like a Sean and Brett type of yes. thing. You're just going to wrestle forever, forever, you know. But give it a year, like, you know, before you revisit this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, to uh, do, do yeah, yeah, they're in their early twenties. I mean, these guys have the future ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they will be stalwarts for AW and ROH uh in the future. Just keep them apart for now. Like they've they wrestled too many times in one year already. Really. Um next up we have arguably match or not arguably. Like. This is the match of the night. <laughs> um arguably match of the year. Well, um this. arguably the best match of the of the trilogy, sure. which is insane because every single yeah, one goodness. of Briscoe's versus FDR in the ROH, for the ROH Tag Team Championships, every single match, one, two, and three, mm-hmm. each of them could be matched players. year. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to pick out which is the best one amongst them. The fact that this third match might have exceeded the previous two, who knows, that's the arguable part I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know? um, this was a very unique, I think first time ever double dark collar yeah. match. Uh we've seen plenty of singles ones. Um you know most recently we saw uh, CM Punk and uh, MGF for example you know um and I typically don't like dark collar matches because I feel like they're kind of boring, it's unentertaining mm-hmm. but leave it to the psychology of FTR and the psychology of the Briscoes to find a way to make this compelling, bloody, brutal, mm-hmm. all the false finishes uh had me um there was a lot of you know um differentiation in this match between the previous two matches because this is more of a hardcore style match whereas the previous two were more uh technical masterpieces right Mm -hmm. uh but i think this match still held holds up well despite it being in a different genre uh there were callbacks to past matches There was a lot of creativity and logic in setting up the spots um a lot of uh, a lot of emotion in it you know um cash wheeler like you know shouting fucking murder him was really really great um the false finishes had, had me going all the way. Um, and I like the idea that when FTR, FTR takes on the Briscoes in a regular match, which they did in the previous two times, FTR always wins in a, in a regular tag team wrestling match. They always are because they're better wrestlers. But the Briscoes are better brawlers. They are better fighters. They are better hardcore wrestlers, which is why they won this one. Uh, what do you think about the latest masterpiece this one, drawn in blood, drawn in red, between FDR and the Briscoes.
1: Okay. Honestly, I felt that I liked that the color came in very early, right? Yep. And it felt that it was purposely done, like they purposely hurt themselves, if that makes yep. sense. Yep. Like, you know, losing a tooth and all that. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of insane. But I don't think it was accidental. I think they really wanted to lose, too. Yep. Uh, To show the dedication, also. Uh. Um, yes. But I love how they also use the double dot collar. Uh, yep. Some innovative moves created through that, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate. Yep. Um, There's this insane, innate chemistry between these two teams that. Elevates this match to something else altogether.
0: Agreed, yeah. yeah. So,
1: I can't believe how good it was when I was watching it. Because honestly, when they said Double Dog Collar, I was like, oh, this might be the one that sucks.
0: Mm. But they
1: just elevated it again, and so that was a really good surprise. Mm. Um, And you're right, it is... uh, Like, all three matches would be match of the year contenders. You know, and it's very hard to argue which one is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I don't know, actually. What happens after this one for this these two guys? These two teams?
0: I think it's ended for now. I think um, FTR might be dropping all their belts in a bit. I think FTR is dropping their, their IWGP tag team belts at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, okay. um, and I think they might be dropping their AAA belts as well. And I, th- I think they can tell a good story there about you know this team that was once on the come-up uh they lost to the acclaim they lost to the briscoes they might lose the other two belts mm. you know like what do they do la, when they're no longer the best you know how do they rebuild how does FTR rebuild you know? mm-hmm. um i think that could be a good story too i think the briscoes legendary roh tech team um i mean yeah i i forgot how many times they felt this belt 13 14 15 times but it's a it's a lot la. It's a record just a, yes yes it's a bit so the briscoes are to roh as to the usos to uh you know it, it you know like they are uh, they're all reliable uh, and, you, and you can always uh, bring them back and, and they'll always be reliable champions. The only problem is, you know, due to their controversial past, mm-hmm. you know, um, and stuff like, they're not allowed on AWTV, so it's a bit hard to promote them outside of pay-per-views, which is why they only show up on RH every three months like, whenever there's a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit hard to have, you know, the face of the tag team divisions, the Briscoes not being on TV regularly. Um, so yeah, that, that's my only worry about this. I understand. Uh, but yeah, um any final thoughts before we move on?
1: Uh yeah. So they're actually thirteen times champions, you're right. Okay. Um yep. man, they're so good. It's just so wasted that they can't be on mainstream TV. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. I mean i, I what, what what was I mean apart from their sudden kind of like support. Are they racist or something?
0: Uh no, I mean specifically they made uh back in like two thousand four, two thousand five they made uh, a bunch of like homophobic uh anti gay uh, sort of stuff on Twitter uh, Um but, but
1: but the Briscoes in the in you know in
0: twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, twenty one, twenty two you know they've repeatedly apologized about that la. They they they've said that they've grown as people, yeah. people, young and stupid and stuff like that. But you know people want them canceled. Uh, I think it's it's a bit sad like I mean especially because. You you gotta give people Chance to grow wow. Yeah, a chance to grow. Um, you know, um if you if you're not willing to forgive, why would anyone change? Exactly. Um you know, and, and Briscoe's have made every effort to change, have apologized. They they've worked with um the the uh gay tag team bussy over in G C W quite a oh, bit, man. one of their primary rivals over there. So they've been trying to make amends quite a bit. I'm like, and putting Basi over as well just earlier this year. So um i don't know i don't know um but apparently the, the, the big the big hoo-ha or the big bra is the the warner brothers discovery executives specifically they they don't want to briscoes on AWTV. tv
1: man they're they're just that's not fair yeah i agree
0: yeah. so which is why they can only put them on paper please.
1: understandable
0: yeah 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 so i mean if uh roh has weekly TV soon and it returns to somewhere like YouTube or it returns to a, a dedicated streaming service like Honor Club or something then yeah, yeah, yeah. Briscos can come in because Warner Brothers Discovery is not involved in that I understand. but until until that announcement is made I don't know Um, how do you feature the Briscoes uh, your tag team champions here? Exactly. Uh, it's going to be very tough you know even when the Briscoes made their challenge on, on AW Dynamite it had to go through the Gun Club oh. which is weird
1: oh yeah you're right you know, so yeah, because they couldn't appear on TV man that sucks
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, so it makes it things very awkward, la. Um, anyways, we're moving on to the ROH TV Championship. Mm. This time, the the World TV Champion is Samojo, who's also the AWTNT Champion. Mm-hmm. He has been since dubbed the King of Television, which I really, really like. Yeah. I like his, I like his King of the Television persona. His gimmick. So, the night before this, Samojo had a bang of Darby Allen on Rampage. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most brutal. Fucked up matches I've ever seen. Uh, Darby bumped his ass off for yeah. Samojo to make him look like a monster. Uh, and then like 24 hours later, it's kind of followed up by. I'm gonna say a really mediocre match between with a uh, rock Hart Juice Robinson. Yeah. Nothing against Juice Robinson, but I don't know. I just felt like the this match lacked something. Maybe it was chemistry. It was. It, it felt like a, mean,
1: it. Just a normal whatever match.
0: Yeah, unlike WWE main event. Right. not not even not even a rampage. This
1: right? was one of the lower highlights. Uh, like, like this was like a three-hour of five. Mm-hmm, Like, mm-hmm. okay, like it was serviceable, but nothing fantastic, which was very yeah. disappointing because of the talent in the ring.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I personally feel that Juice is slightly overrated, but he's a good wrestler. Exactly. I mean, Samojo Samojo is not overrated. So, I don't know what went wrong here. I think primarily it was the lack of chemistry between two people who don't work together mm-hmm. often and also the predictability of the finish because there was no way Drew Zobrisen was going to win this so yeah, maybe. I mean a, a lot of this was like I, I think this was the P-Brick match and they designed it as such
1: I guess because yeah yeah, you're right mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I nothing more to mm-hmm. say about this let's move on to the ROH World Championship oh, match this was interesting. again JS takes on the BCC mm-hmm. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli defeats the Ocho Chris Jericho to become two-time ROH World Champion. how
1: he defeated Chris Jericho. That was interesting.
0: Amazing. Uh, This this in itself was actually a really good match. I think this was better than the first match. Um, And I think it was only elevated by the creativity of the finish. Mm -hmm. Claudio swinging... Jericho 33 for full 33 full rotations. Mm-hmm. Jericho couldn't take it anymore. He tapped out during the giant swing, which is the first time that anybody stepped out during the giant swing. I thought it was very interesting was. because um you've never seen a finish like nope. this. It's innovative to say the least. Mm-hmm. Some people didn't like it because oh, it makes Jericho look we who would tap out from the swing, oh, nobody has done times. that. And and at that point, like Claudio didn't look like he was gonna stop. Like he could have gone thirty-three thousand times. Exactly. You know? Like like, I would have tapped out too. I, I, I would have got the dizzy. I would have puked. You know, things like that. I would have tapped out. Um, so, I get the finish. I don't understand the angle Same. over it. I thought the match itself was very good pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. Yes. Um, as long as J S versus BCC has gone on, very few of the matches have been of this quality. Mm-hmm. And this one was was really, really good. Um, so, yeah. Um. I mean, the crowd was super into this too. Um, I, I love that. Every time they counted something, even uh, you know count outs or submissions or or even the swing, uh, whenever they reach eight, they will say six, seven, 8, nine. Yeah, um, it was cute, and 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 since picked
1: up in, in, in AEW as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I I think this was this was a good match. I think Claudio was the right winner. Uh, what what about you?
1: Oh uh, yeah, Claudio was definitely the right winner. Uh, I think Chris Jericho made Claudio look really good by tapping to the big swing itself. Um, yeah. I like how Jericho is the kind of wrestler that... I mean, we'll talk about it later. Winter is coming. But yeah. it's such a big rub by getting a one over Chris Jericho, you know? Mm. And yeah. So, I felt that it was a good, solid match. Claudio looks good. You know, again, he's a deserved champion. Mm. Um, yeah, I have no complaints at all. I like the veteran experience that Jaiko brings into the ring. You know, he, that like kind of like um, equalizes the strength and speed that Claudio obviously has, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that's how Jericho keeps up in a match like this. You know, using the veteran wiles, Yeah. Mm. So yay, good match. Uh, great finish. Um, can't wait to see where this goes. For Claudio, but I'm guessing this is yep. the end.
0: Um, I think, uh, I mean, I thought this was going to be the end of BCC versus JS. I don't uh, know, but, but there's a
1: bunch of promos, so winter is coming.
0: Yep, so <laughs> I mean, it, it it's going to keep going, I guess, <laughs> till, till 2026 or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know, uh, man. Well, I mean, I. I, guess, I, I, I um, yeah?
1: What's his name? Moxie was on Moxley. vacation.
0: Uh, he's clearly not. He just wrestled Sammy Guevara exactly. yesterday, so I mean, yeah, uh, in a very bloody match. Exactly. Right? Um, maybe this is his version of a vacation, lah.
1: Is it because William Regal left?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, I-, I guess this is as good as a time to to talk about it as any. Um, <laughs> William Regal after turning on John Moxley, passing um the Dynamite Diamond Ring to, uh, uh sorry, not the not Dynamite no, Diamond, the Diamond the Ring, da- the the, the blood knuckles, knuckle does this to uh, MGF. Uh, turning on on John Moxie, helping MJF winning. And then he, you know, uh, MJF, just two weeks later, turns on uh, William Regal, hits him on the back of the head with the same knuckle dusters. I like... One thing I did like about this was the callback, you know, because the first time they had that that promo battle, uh, William Regal turned around and dared uh, MJF to hit him in the back, which MJF didn't. But now he did. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you make a deal with the devil, this is what you get, etc. etc. This is how they wrote uh, William Regal off TV. You know, he... Uh, he got, he's too injured. He, you know, he, he got uh, hospitalized out. They, see, they essentially roll enough. They killed him off, essentially. They, um, and, her, they have him. Yep. Yeah, essentially. And then the following week, they even had a message, uh, taped, like, uh, they were very specific. They said like, oh, it was taped two weeks earlier before he was hit in the head. All right. Yeah. Uh, basically, basically it was one of those, like, uh, if you're watching this, I am dead messages <laughs> to, to the BCC. Um, so yeah, um, that is how they wrote him off mm-hmm. so there are a couple of wrinkles to this that i want to talk about firstly i feel that the way that william regal was written out of aw although it was rushed and they had to do mm-hmm. it was done very badly i didn't understand the reason mm-hmm. for william regal's turn i didn't understand the I understood MJF's reason for turning on William Regal, yeah. of course, getting back, getting back at him at all. But William Regal's couple of explanations for why he turned on John Moxley, and then saying like, "Oh, I did this for your own good," uh, you know, BCC for life and all of that, it smacks of Vince McMahon WWE logic. Okay. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Like I, I, I don't know. So that, that's one thing I had an issue with. Uh the second more controversial part to to other people, but not to me is Willem Regal deciding or asking Tony Khan to be let out of his contract so that he could go back to the WWE, particularly because his son is working there and he is confident that he can thrive under the Triple H regime. Um, I think that's a perfectly reasonable ask. Uh, Tony Khan is actually a big man for letting him out of his contract oh, yeah. two years early um, You know, to let him be with his family. So that was a very nice gesture by him. I don't see why this is controversial. Yeah. Um, it seems like an amicable parting. I think the more controversial part that people are not talking about is how badly it was handled storyline-wise yeah. in k Um well, What about you? What do you think about William Briegel?
1: It's still a shocker because, you yeah. know, it's two years early and all that.
0: Um, yeah, uh, and only, only nine months into his AEW It didn't
1: seem like he was unhappy in AEW. I mean, there's a yep. lot of dirt sheets, rumors, lah, about how nobody's listening to him and, you know, there's a lot of, like, backstage training room conflict regarding right. William Regal. But again, those are all like dirt sheets and like tweets and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know whether you can put any weight on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, apart from that, I'm, now that you told me that, you know, because his son is working in WWE and all that.
0: Yeah. Charlie Dempsey. Exactly. Um, so yeah, exactly.
1: it makes sense to want to go back. Mm-hmm. What better way, I mean, it's always better to have a father figure in wrestling right mm-hmm. why not your real father la yeah right? yep, yep. someone to guide you through the pitfalls and you know the dangers that come with the sport la. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i understand why william regal want to do that absolutely um, i, I also understand about the storyline yeah. it's a bit rubbish
0: yes it was it, it made no sense i understand the rushness of it but I think you still could have done better lah, because this was the worst of all possible options, uh, the, the way they chose to handle it. Um, I thought the story that Tony Khan told about why he decided to be a bigger man and let William Rico go was very sweet mm. and very, very touching. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, for, for those of you who may not have heard, uh, Tony Khan's uh, mother uh, recently had, uh, had a couple of strokes, mm-hmm. almost died. Uh, and he realized at that point that, you know, he he shouldn't be the one to keep, a parent away from a child, you yeah. know, time is short. Uh and and I, I think that's as good a reason as any, it's a very human reason. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we we've criticized Tony Khan for his handling of many things, and I don't think this is one of them. Uh, I think this was a good good choice uh that Tony Khan has made here. And and yeah, perfectly amicable. I'm cool. I'm cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh next up though, let's move on to just a few days later, three days later. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming, emanating from Curtis Caldwell Center in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Ricky, Starks- uh, it oh. featured Ricky Starks' adopted hometown. Oh. Uh, he, it features MGF defending his AEW World Championship for the first time against Ricky Starks. Uh, Chris Jericho suffering an embarrassing defeat uh, to Jobber and uh, Action Andrat- uh, Andretti. Uh, Ruby Soho getting, uh, getting a Rutch match with T-Melo uh, and a lot more. Uh, but the night begins with game 4 of the best of 7 series Between the Death Triangle, Cerro Miedo, mm-hmm. And the Elite Where Death Triangle goes up 3-1 You can tell from the way that this story is playing That the Young Bucks I mean you know like if you watch BTE Or if you watch—if you see the shoes that they wear mm-hmm. Or the references that they make The Young Bucks are big, big, big NBA fans yeah. they were, you, I could tell from the beginning this was going to go a 3-1 route um, yeah, I mean, not that I mind. I really like. I I really like the story they're Sim. telling. I like that every match has felt different. Mm-hmm. I like that this particular match. uh boy. Um, the which which one had the had the knee? had the ankle injury. Was it uh Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson? Matt. Uh, Matt. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. When, like Nick, Nick, got, Nick. Uh, when when Nick first got That tweaked yeah. uh tweet leg, um, he sold me a ticket. I thought there was a shoot injury. Sim. I th- I thought he went to the back really? and everything. I thought that was real. I, I thought the series was jeopardized, and then he made his triumphant return. I was like, oh, okay, it's like a it's a work. <laughs> and, and 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 usually when the the babyface hero makes the triumphant return, they clear house and then they win. But this time the babyface hero makes his triumphant return on the injured leg, mm-hmm. only to get hit into in hit in the injured leg with a hammer and then taps out immediately. Yeah. I think that is logical AF. You know, exactly. that's that's exact, That's exactly what would happen. Uh, and I love that this match, I mean, sure, I like, had all the high flying and high spots and all that, but the psychology and style and plot line of this match was so different from the previous previous two. Um, and I like how every match seems, uh, has a little new wrinkle mm-hmm. to it, like, to keep it, to have, a, what, what do you call it, a UPI or something? Yeah,
1: and
0: I, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, Game
1: 4? Yeah, Game yeah. 4 What's great. Um, yep. The wrinkle of Nick Jackson getting out, coming back. If, if you thought that they were going to go the usual like, WWE way, you know, where the clearing house and all that stuff, right? Yep. So it's a great wrinkle to have Nick Jackson tap out. Um, I like the callback to the hammer. Um, mm-hmm. I like that straight after that, Kenny Omega goes on the mic, saying, you know, fuck this. Let's do a non-disqualification match.
0: Yeah, if you want even hammers to be to be used, yeah, fuck it. Let's yeah. just make it legal, you know. So, so we can, we can, can use hammers too. You can use it, everyone can use it, it's fine. Game five exactly. is gonna be no DQ. Uh that's interesting. If necessary, game six exactly. will be a false count anywhere. If necessary, so. game seven will be a ladder match. So I mean, come Why on, not? if this is going to a game this is going to a game seven now. Uh, let's yeah, not kill ourselves. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But wouldn't it be a shocker if it was for one next I mean,
1: I mean, right? would be a good swerve, but it right, would be yeah. the elite really fucked up yep. <laughs> by issuing a non-disqualification match they could have win.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, I actually wouldn't mind. Everyone assumes that it's going to Game 7, it's going to a ladder match. Yeah. I actually really don't mind the story of the elite losing 4-1. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're losing because... Of their heroes, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, of exactly what CM Punk was talking about, they could make it into a story of yeah. like, hey, maybe that guy was right. Maybe we're not taking ourselves so seriously. Maybe we are too jokey jokey. Maybe we're too winky winky, you know? We're no longer uh, that
1: serious strat that we used to be.
0: Yeah, but back when they were Bullet Club, exactly. Mm. This could be this could be a thing.
1: And <laughs> because right we, now Bullet Club we, is in WWE.
0: Sure. You know, I mean, that's the club. I but I love that I love I love that Jay White in several interviews have cla- has claimed that um yeah, yeah the the club is part of bullet club so he claims mia yim as well as part of bullet club so cool it's canon now it's canon. uh it's kind of mia yim the good brothers aj styles they're all part of bullet club no, not. cool uh bullet club for for, for life so they never, never quite left <laughs> um so yeah uh that was great that was great um so where do you think this goes do you do you, you want to see it go down my route my my personal option or do you want to go you want to see it go through bullet. a dramatic game seven
1: honestly either way is awesome because the storylines for game seven is dope because you get three more awesome matches right mm-hmm. if you go down the four one sudden death kind of thing yep it it changes the elites dynamic in the entire EEW mm. ecosystem you yes. know and that i think is a very compelling story you can really push yep. like what is the elite now you know a bunch of losers yep yeah and how they rebuild from that. Ooh, that would be brilliant.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was great though. Um, we're not gonna go talk to bottom sure. here because we're just gonna cover the highlights and then you know the other stuff will sprinkle in at the end. The main event is a winner take all match. Mm. Why is it a winner take all match? Because it's not only the AEW World Championship on the line, mm-hmm. MGF's three time reading Diamond Diamond Ring was also on the line because Ricky starks won the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Last mm-hmm. week. Um so Ricky Starks wins the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Okay. I want to talk about the Battle Royal first before we move on sure. to the main event because it leads it leads directly into that, right? Ricky Starks wins it, but I love the final four. I love that they kept Captain Sean Dean yeah. uh into the final four. Um Captain Shawnee is a jobber, but Captain Shawnee is two and against MGF. You know, he has like MGF's number, right? So I like that they they were like teasing, yeah. like hey, Maybe Sean Dean, maybe Sean Dean. Who knows? You know, he's beaten MJF twice. You know, and the only two losses on MJF records were Sean Dean. So, let's go.
1: Um, only problem is Sean Dean can't defeat anybody else.
0: That's true. Like, he can only defeat MJF, mm. but I would love it if if he becomes uh, one of the you know transitional feuds later on. Sure. Like it would it would definitely make sense later on like, if Sean Dean tries to call his shot. Uh, anyways, the, the Dynamite Diamond uh, Battle Royal is over. Ricky Starks wins. MJF cuts comes out cuts a usual mjf for a promo mm-hmm. by usual i mean fucking good he he tried to burn rookie stocks. he called him uh what uh dollar store doing, right? yeah uh and, and everything he's not the rock he's the pebble um re- a lot of really good burns here mm-hmm. and as usual i fear you know like mjf has done this to several people a particularly you know uh, brian pimon jr yeah. um Jungle Boy, yeah. Darby Allen, people who just can't fight with him on the mic. Uh, most recently, Wheeler Yuta. <laughs> um, and they all
1: just... Struggled to reply. Kind of
0: struggled to reply. They all kind of just crumbled yeah. under MJF's uh, verbal assault. How Ricky Starks, though? Ricky Starks didn't just not crumble. He didn't just fire back. Oh, man. Ricky Starks won this promo <laughs> battle, in my opinion. If- Tell me a little bit about how impressed you were with Ricky Starks' amazing promo against MJF. Like, he really sold this match. He
1: did. I mean, the way... The passion, right? Behind what he was yeah. saying. So and, and the truth of it as well. Exactly.
0: The truth of it. You think you can go meta? I, I will fucking meta you, MJF. You know, you have, you have your flaws. Yeah, right exactly.
1: Here. You know, and yeah. like, shitting on all the values that MJF uh, holds high in regard, Right? Right. i like that i like that he basically broke mjf down at mm-hmm. the same time really pushing the idea of why ricky starks is such you know like this is his time la. you know sure he i mean really believed,
0: yeah he he it was a star making promo a star making <laughs> yeah. performance uh and he kept it all off with one of the beaut- beautifulest, beautifulest most prettiest spears i've ever seen um, the, the way that he went for the spear, it, it looked like slow motion. I don't know how he did that. It's like Ricky Starks slowed down time for that spear. It was amazing. It was one of the, the greatest spears I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, It really kept off. Basically, they, 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 he just did one promo and it sold the match. It? Um, and it really is. Um, Clearly, I mean, it is it is going to be Ricky Starks' time soon. Just maybe not right now because MJF just won, it, just won the mm-hmm. title. But... This is the announcement that Ricky Starks is not a mid-carder anyway. no, he's he a, a main eventer. He has not just the in-ring skill, but the personality and the mic work. The all-around package that uh, that any promoter would want. Yeah. Um, Ricky Starks has it. Um, we've known this since day one. Yeah. Uh, but I think the world now knows this. There's no denying it anymore 100%. after that promo. Which led into the main event between Ricky Starks and MJF. Which I really liked. The style that they wrestled reminded me of like early 90s WCW yeah. or like 80s NWA, just very back to basics mm-hmm. wrestling. A lot of people online have called it slow, have called it plodding, Ooh. have called it boring. Triple H is probably yeah. I'm um, ready. is plodding. Ooh. I personally feel that this was just a good old throwback to back when wrestling felt believable, yes, uh, you know, like, like the uh. I mean, to borrow uh, an Undertaker phrase, uh, win man woman. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this type of matches. And, and I like it because it's logical. Um, all the moves make sense. All the pauses make sense. The false finishes make mm-hmm. sense. Every little thing is thought out. Uh, ele- the match is allowed to breathe without it being slow. The pacing was correct. And I think Ricky Starks and MGF, despite being... Far younger than, you know, a Triple H or an Undertaker or whatever can pull off that type of match because you could tell that these guys are fans of, like, 80s and WA or early 90s of exactly. and like that. And this was the main event that they, they tried to do. I was down for it. I mean, is it match for the really? year? I don't think so. But it was still a very good main event and I don't understand the, the kind of criticism is coming under. Uh, what, what about you? Wait.
1: There was criticism.
0: Yeah, a lot of people felt that this match was slow, boring, etc.
1: Oh, I like that there was, like, a different kind of pace here. But that only works with a great story and, you know, great psychology in the ring, which I thought this match delivered. Correct. Yeah, yeah. so... If it's slow and plodding, and then there's no psychology, then, yeah, that's a problem. Lah. But sure. I felt that there was a lot of psychology from MGF and Ricky Starks. You know, a lot of, like, targeting of uh, inj- previous injuries, um, working... How do you say ya? Uh, very... <laughs> Um, methodically, in yes. fact, which I appreciate also.
0: Classical, right? yeah,
1: which is something that you know you have all this high action stuff before already. You have all this crazy, you know, um, high flying stuff already. You have that surprise of Jericho losing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I thought this was like not really back to basics, but back to like the golden era of wrestling that kind. Yep. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I-
0: uh, I mean I like uh I like jazz, but that doesn't mean classical is bad. Exactly. Classical is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um and, and and this is what I equate that to. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh, good main events, uh, good showing for rookie stocks. Um uh, not quite his time at the top yet, no. but people are starting to believe that he belongs there. So that was the plan the, the plan is to for for MGF to retain and to to get Ricky, to elevate rookie stocks to the next sure. level and they certainly did that. So good job on AEW here. Next up we have a shocking upset. <laughs> Chris Jericho's world is fucking shook. <laughs> First, three days ago, he lost the ROH World Championship to Claudio Castagnoli, tapping out embarrassingly to a giant swing—a move that nobody has tapped out. To. Yeah. Next up, he claims that he is going to take on Action Andretti. Uh, uh, a jobber. A uh, jobber. What he he called it a tune-up. I like I like it because that's that's what Boxer say. Yeah, right? he said I'm
1: going to take this jobber as a tune-up. Or?
0: Yeah, he, he literally said, I'm going to take this job as a tune-up before I, I make my way back.
1: <laughs> that the was a just... little red flag, by the way.
0: And it, it was. Yeah, I almost wish he didn't say that me because you
1: know,
0: it would have been a bit more surprising. Yeah. But uh, obviously, uh, uh, Action Andretti didn't get the memo. Um, and the crowd, I think the crowd was the thing that made this match, Same. in my opinion. Because I think they instantly, much like us after Jericho's promos, understood, understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. They, they saw it. And then after the first action and Jeti kick out, I think they realized immediately that hey, this is a one to three kid match. Yeah. This is a this is a one to three kid versus Razor Ramon thing that they're trying yeah. to do. And they got so behind it. This was the loud this match got the loudest crowd reaction. Not Death Triangle versus the Elite, mm-hmm. not MGF versus Starks. Let's go, Jobber! was the chant of the night. Yeah. Um and Jericho really helped set that up with the promo we were talking yeah, about like, there was there was Really, really good. Um this again shows the intelligence of Chris Jericho mm-hmm. as a professional wrestler. His ability in I'm gonna say fifteen minutes promo plus match mm-hmm. to get over someone who is making his AEW debut, yeah. who no one has seen before. Nope. No one really knows who he is. He's not like some indie darling or something, you know.
1: Actually, I'm dirty. never heard of him.
0: Never heard of him. Who the fuck are you? In one foul swoop, Jericho made him a superstar. The highlight of of, uh, of a special mm-hmm. that had a world championship match and had a game four between the founders of the company and Death Triangle. Yeah. You know, Action Andretti became a star. I mean, no offense to Action Andretti, but he didn't become a star because of himself. Oh, no, 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 no. Jericho decided he wanted to make him a star. Exactly. I mean, obviously Jericho sees something in Action Andretti. If not, he wouldn't help him do this. Yeah. But, I mean, come on, this was this was as fantastic as it gets. I've never seen a 1-2-3 kid movement done better since the 1-2-3 kid moment. I mean, there, there have been the a classes, lot of times... The closest, I think,
1: is Kurt Angle versus John Cena.
0: Sh- the ruthless aggression Yeah. But uh, still uh, lost itself, yeah. Correct. Yeah, he still lost as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Uh. what, what do you think about all of this?
1: I mean, it's a huge surprise. Um, a huge surprise yeah. Honestly, Action and Andretti it's the first time we ever seen him um yeah a lot of energy you know a lot of high-flying stuff um and again with the with the the confidence and the the veterancy of chris jericho right to to actually pull off a match like this to make him look really good yep yeah um I can't wait to see more of Action Andretti, I guess.
0: For sure, man. Um, it was... The way they debuted him was wild and kind of awesome. AW yeah. um, picked a hell of a way to introduce Andretti to the larger audience, the mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. Um, he even got the All Elite rough, they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we were talking about, in hindsight, the moment was set up so perfectly. Yeah, um, the promo, the, and then you know the, the idea of the upset kept picking up steam. Yeah. There were kickouts, there were counters... The crowd helped with their eager endorsement of the underdog. They pretty much didn't even know his name. They just called no him no. Let's Go Jobber. Um, and the question will be right now is not whether they have successfully launched action Andretti. They have. The question will be how to capitalize on Andretti's that momentum. Mm-hmm. For now, we can revel in it. But one thing that AEW has been quite terrible at doing is. Building momentum For someone they've made mm-hmm. um, It's filled with Nearly every debut That they've made Like somehow After that Some of the debut It kind of falls Um, It's the same With Brian Danielson And Adam Cole And everyone else or
1: uh, course, yeah, Every single
0: know. woman Yeah I mean He got his concussion no, no, At this, uh, Forbidden Door true. Right. true Yeah yeah. I mean, I mean I, 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 Granted he's out Because of A3 yeah. la, Not because he's, he's Yeah but uh, <laughs> Every woman That's ever debuted in, On, the, on the, <laughs> the AW main roster You know uh, the debut is hard. Ruby Soho, etc., and then they just don't know how it's to do like on the
1: ball. it.
0: They they know how to make a splash, but they don't know how to capitalize yeah. on it. So we'll see how this goes. I hope, I hope they do something with Action Andretti. If not, what was this for?
1: Mm. Don't waste this moment.
0: Yeah, perhaps Action Andretti will feud with Chris Jericho for the next... Okay, what's the average lifespan of a Chris Jericho feud in AW? Like what, eight years or something, right? Oh, so yeah, maybe. The, Maybe they'll be shooting for forever,
1: longer than the existence of you <laughs> Yeah, definitely.
0: Like it, the the JAS BCC feud has broken the space time continuum. You know. It's uh it's the end scene in Loki, you know, where where you see how time goes one full circle. You know, they've they've gone past the end of time and gone back to the beginning again. That's how long the BCC and JAS have been feuding. Uh yeah, you know, Um, what are some of the other things that happened on Mister is coming? A uh, Jungle Boy defeated Bri- 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 Brian Cage. I thought this was a fun mm-hmm. match as well. Um, JB stepped on the snare trap submission. He he got it. Um, so yeah, I, they, this was this was great, particularly because they are setting up a match between Jungle Boy and W Morrissey. So yes. the thing is, Jungle Boy has beaten Lucasaurus yes. in a very brutal match. Jungle Boy has beaten Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. He I like the way that they're setting up this feud with W Morrissey because Jungle Boy is proving that hey, I big I big be, I beat big man all the time. versus Yes, and and in fact, you know, David wins. David has always won. Mm. He, he beat Luchasaurus. He ended that feud. He beat Brian Cage here. Yeah, right there. Fair and square. Yeah. Um, so W. Morrissey picking a fight with him, thinking he's a smaller man, he can pick on him. Might have another thing coming. So I like the story Same. here. Uh, the only thing I do not like about this particular angle or whatever is that they have changed W. Morrissey's name to Big Bill, which is quite stupid um okay whatever yeah okay so um, that
1: confused me for a while
0: big bill yeah, like, oh, yeah. The okay
1: fuck is big bill
0: i mean bill is short for William. so no, 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 okay but you know what i mean it's it's yeah it's it's more it's super generic right i don't like it um but oh well uh so uh uh who are uh, w morrissey i'm just gonna call him w morrissey Ali leave moriarty and you know, obviously beat down on Jungle yeah. boy after the match and then this is a very surprising turn. Hook's music here. That's the one, yes. He, he, he starts out for the save. Are we not setting up W Morrissey versus Jungle Boy? Are we setting up a tag team feud between Hook and Jungle Boy versus W Morrissey and uh, Lee Moriarty? What do you think here?
1: I think that's the direction they're going because at first I thought Hook was going to come in and then like just be down on Jungle Boy or something. Because yep. Hook has a very nondescript kind of face. Right, he came in with his hoodie on and you know he he slides in. I love that all three uh, you know, W Morrissey, uh, Lee Moriarty and Prince Nana, right? Uh in,
0: yes. Uh but but the, the first manager is Stokely Hathaway. Not, right. not, not, was oh, sorry.
1: I got confused with the buying uh, Brian Cage's manager. Um, yes, Prince Nana, correct. Sorry, uh what's the guy's name? Stokely. Uh Stokely Hathaway. Stokely yeah. Hathaway, right? Like they cleared the ring for Hook. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys outnumbered him. Yes. <laughs> but okay like, I guess. So what, the like, big yeah. guy like W Morrissey tearing the ring for, for Hook was just an uh, interesting visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Um. I guess Jungle Hook is going to be a thing right now. I guess um, so. I guess that's what they might call it, Jungle Hook. <laughs> Not a bad Not name. Not a bad name, yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, taking on the embassy, okay. Uh sorry, I'm um, the firm. No, the firm. embassy is the other embassy one. Uh, Prince uh, yeah. Your Prince Nana nothing true me off, <laughs> yeah, So yeah, sorry. the firm. Um so, interesting. Okay. I'm down for this. It's a very surprising team up. Uh but hey, um AW has done this before. I never thought when I saw Max Caster and um Anthony Bowen's team up, I didn't think that they would be successful because they were such different people when they were single. And stars. now
1: they're the best. And
0: then I and mean, look at the claim now, mm-hmm. you know. Um so yeah, maybe this could be they thing. Got
1: attacked, right, oh, I mean, a think Before this match. They got attacked right before this match, right? Yes, they did. did You want to talk
0: Yep, and Jeff Jarrett, which is probably the worst moment of the night. Like, you know, I've complained a lot about the AW ranking system because they seem to just make it up as they go along. And I've always thought, like, you should do away with the ranking system. It doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, you're just, like, anyhow, kind of rigging the numbers, that type of Mm. thing, which is, of course, the Expo Wrestling is written. But when a team that is on, like, a two match losing streak, gets to challenge for the AW World Championship oh, really? by just beating up on the acclaim then I kind of I, I kind of like think eh maybe the ranking system wasn't so bad lah because this makes no fucking sense yeah what, what about you
1: yeah, I was I was so thrown off by this I cannot stand Jeff Jarrett I don't know why same yeah but yeah whatever lah don't really give a shit
0: <laughs> yep um, moving on Um, House of Black yes fucking tore <laughs> apart the factory <laughs> like this was n- 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 this wasn't even a match <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> was a, this was a massacre <laughs> um, julia hart uh, uh apparently malachi black has passed on the black the, the black mist to julia hart uh, the factory gets destroyed uh the roundhouse kick and everything blasted qt to hell mm. they won house of black is back they look
1: good what do you think i of like this? that quick fast introduction
0: yes and i like the really cryptic things that house of black has been saying about you know uh i think i i can't actually quite quote what they've been saying but it leads me to believe that they seem to be targeting the elite for some reason um they are against you know the i don't know like something about false authority or false whatever mm-hmm. right you know the, the the people who've been running aw into the ground or yeah. that type of thing. um my guess is after a dramatic game seven, I think the elite is probably gonna win. House of Black attacks them for, for the next feud. What do you think?
1: If we go to a dramatic house seven a uh, game seven, house of black yep. attacking would make sense. Yeah. If they lose at four one Yep then House of Black attacking them feels like they're just Okay, actually no, it can it can still work. It's like this yes. is your unworthy like leaders. Yep. And we are destroying them.
0: Yeah, it, it, it could look absolutely it. Yeah, yeah, right. But it also, if, if the, the trio's champions and the elite were in the ring at the same time, and House of Black chooses not to attack the champions, it also makes House of Black look a bit stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I personally wouldn't go for that story because it just looks like House of Black is. Picking on losers, yeah, really. like, like oh, you are a trio, why not go after the champions? I, I don't know, but okay, um, sure. However, if uh, yeah, they
1: did go for Death Triangle?
0: They could too, I mean, I wouldn't mind this, but the thing is, they were in, they were embroiled in a feud for like five oh, months, yeah, right? No, prior, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, let's not go back there. Prior to Malachi Black, you know, semi retiring or taking a vacation and or whatever, back. right? So he's back now, so you know, don't do another five month Death triangle Feud and then, Ma- then Malakai like retires again. It's like, oh my god, AW keeps making me do this. Why? Oh. It's like fucking Groundhog Gra- Day, right? Yeah. The only thing worse than another Death triangle Feud is House of Black Feuds with JAS because that will last many, many years. Eight years. Eight Minimum, Uh Next up, we have Ruby Soho defeating mm. Tame Mello. Nothing much to say about yeah, this. Do I mean, you, want, you want to talk about this? Yeah. Okay, that happened. Um, it was a grudge match. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to note: the show opened with Round Ball Rock" by John Tesh, which mm. is the NBA theme <laughs> for TNT. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I thought they like pressed the wrong music no, key or something, no. and then they kept doing it every time they showed the graphic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're an NBA fan, right? Yeah. You know this theme, yeah, right? yeah, Did it like did did it pop you as much as it popped <laughs> me? Yeah, I was like, Whoa, oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> They're really going for this NBA references. No, no, no
1: cause we're coming to that that time of the season also so.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Definitely. Um we have a few other things. We have a uh, promos by Black Book, Black Club basically uh contradicting their previous promo because they started more fights with JAS. Yeah. Um sure, okay. Um Swerve Strickland had a promo saying he gave everything to Keith Lee and Lee threw it back in his face. Next week they'll have a face-to-face meeting so that sure. that continues their feud. Um, Jamie Hayter Will defend the AW World's Women Championships Against Hirokarushida Next week mm-hmm. uh, So that was great um, Sky Blue Challenges Dr. Brick Baker EMD yep. To a match um, FDR had a little promo Talking about the hardest fight Of their career In a double dog colour match Against the Briscoes Respect to the Briscoes But no respect To the ass boys And FDR is going after them soon mm-hmm. uh, But one of the highlights Of the night Very underrated Because so much Was happening Hangman Page's promo Offering a medical update to Alex Marvel. <laughs> Hangman Page is kind of low key a really great promo, very underrated because there was a star making moment in similar to the way that Ricky Starks had a star making moment on the mic last week, back when he he talked about his depression, his promo about depression. You know, uh, I'm sad, I'm anxious. Then the meds aren't working. That that particular promo was really really good. Mm-hmm. It spoke to a different generation than you know the moxleys or the more old school type promos Mm -hmm. uh and it felt very new and current and different for pro wrestling and then he talks about the concussion that he suffered at the hands of john moxley why he's so angry it's not because he was hurt it's not because he's he got his bell rung but because when he woke up uh he couldn't remember the name of his son which is i mean i'm not doing the promo justice but like summarizing it but the way that he told that story was heartbreaking He has a different type of promo delivery that is very not pro wrestling. He speaks very authentically. It almost feels like, have you ever been to like a um, a show where a single songwriter you know talks in between songs? You yes, know, yes, yes, yes. Telling the story of like, oh, this is the the heartbreak behind this song, in a very honest, very confessional type of way. Yeah, like Hammond Page does promos like that, mm. and it's very different. I personally like it. I know why a lot of pro wrestling fans don't because it's not what they're used to. But I think this style of delivery really sets Hangman apart from the rest. What about you? No, I
1: agree. And I think yep. that's something unique to Hangman Page which which I think he has been doing for a while already. Yep. Um, is this weird cowboy authenticity that I think nobody really can replicate? lah.
0: I mean it's not even really cowboy. No, it's not. it's, just, uh, it, it's um, I mean his nickname is the anxious millennial cowboy, yeah. right? He is he is the millennial cowboy who who knows about mental health, is trying to deal yeah. with it but can't. he's fighting his way out of it, or he was dealing with alcoholism, substance abuse. The stuff that they have come up with Hagman Page, right, over his four year AEW career has low key been some of the best and most nuanced progressive sure. storytelling yeah. I've ever seen. Um
1: That's a really
0: For sure, yeah, the alcoholism angle that I was talking about. Yeah, amazing. Um yeah, uh so where do you think this goes? Like this hangman page, uh John Moxie feud, like how does it go here?
1: I mean after Rampage, I think the next thing is And they have to fight, right? Yes. What's the next pay per view?
0: The next pay per view is quite far away. It's a Revolution in March. So. Well, then
1: this will be a great few weeks of dynamic storyline. I guess I agree. Uh, yes, something different from feuding with like JAS and shit.
0: Yes, yeah. and I love that. Obviously, you know, this match
1: was is someone who suffers from you know certain substance abuses and you know yep. also has some mental issues also.
0: Yes. Um I also love that this feud clearly was not planned. This is a very organic thing that came about from a shoot injury that happened. Yeah. And they decided to run with it. And I like it. Tim. Yes. Um and another thing that I've kind of realized because of this feud is that AEW is better at booking face versus face feuds than they are at booking face versus heel feuds. Huh. I think it's primarily because AW has a very wide variety of faces. In the WWE, the faces are always underdogs, the underdog baby face. Mm-hmm. Uh, in AW the faces are very, very different. Some of them are bullies or bloodthirsty like Moby. Some of them some of them are anxious and insecure like Hagman. Mm-hmm. They're all very different. Uh some of them are brutal like Brian Danielson. Exactly. You know, um uh, there are a lot of different kinds of faces here which lends to a very cool dynamic when face versus face uh fights it's not boring uh it's not boring yeah exactly and aw is very good at doing face versus face to the point where i'm like yeah let's let's never do face versus the hero again right? just, <laughs> let's let's make everyone a face and to a certain extent i think that everyone is a face to someone because you know different people sympathize with different sure. characters and really? i think you know like that's the hormone of art right the subjectivity exactly. of it like you know, some people root for Walter White, some people root for Hank, some people root for Skyler or whatever, yeah. right? You know, I was who, a do, Hank you, guy. who do you identify? Yeah, who do you, who do you identify? Yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. And just because you identify with that guy doesn't make you wrong, you know. Everyone's a face to someone, is my opinion.
1: Agreed, and I think that's the story of pro wrestling in a whole. Uh. like, yep. Remember in secondary school, I mean, it was either you love The Rock or you love Stone Cold. But then there was that sure. that loved um, the hurricane, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a hurricane kid by the way. Uh,
0: same here. I mean, a hurricane is great. Yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that wraps it up for AEW Winters. got yeah, yeah. Any last thoughts before we move on to some of the smaller topics here?
1: I think Winters coming was again a successful card. Um. Yeah. Great. Uh, special edition dynamite. Yeah. Um. Yeah. AW Still killing it. And congrats. Um, they made a hundred million this year. Uh from how do you know about this? Some profit thing that um Tony Khan talked about in some interview.
0: Interesting. Uh you mean a hundred million profit, not hundred million in earnings, right? Hundred million. 100 million, million earnings is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred million in earnings is too low. Like, yeah, hundred million profit is hey, good on you, Tony Khan. Yeah, he says
1: that now the the, the whole thing is to sustain this kind of growth, huh?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. because
1: it's the first time um, in twenty years that a company, mm-hmm. apart from the WWE, has done this. Huh?
0: agreed. Okay, interesting. That's a very that's a very cool thing, and the health of AW is just better for pro wrestling exactly. in general. It we gives, need that competition. It gives, yes, it gives wrestlers options. You know, it gives not just young wrestlers options, but old wrestlers too. Like William Regal, mm. I can go here, I can go there, whichever you know, I'm happier with. You know, it's it's good. Like it. A uh, um, rising tide raises all ships is is the term, right? Yeah, that's correct. That, that's yeah. I mean, I'm happy for AW. I hope they continue. I hope continued success for mm-hmm. them. For a for WWE for Impact for everyone. I want I want a healthy pro wrestling yeah, industry. Yeah. Uh, next up though, we are moving on to NXT Deadline, oh, yeah. their latest pay per view, which introduces a new type of match to WWE. Um, it's rare that you find new concepts being added. Um. You know, sometimes you think that every particular style of match has been introduced already, but the thing about any Xe Deadline is they introduced a new concept called the Iron Survivor Challenge. Ooh. Do you know what that is? A new type of match. It
1: is a new type of match. There's yeah. both the woman's uh, Iron Survivor and the men's Iron Survivor, right?
0: Correct, And the winner of each Of course gets the title shot Mm -hmm. Um, We'll talk about the title shot later But What do you think about The rules and concept About the Iron Survivor Challenge Are you familiar with it?
1: Um, Isn't it like a um, Redone Royal Rumble?
0: Sort of It's a gauntlet match That takes place over a 25 minute time limit Mm -hmm. So 5 superstars will be competing Similar to the Royal Rumble So 2 will start Every 5 minutes A new superstar enters Yeah so essentially it's a Royal Rumble times Fatal 5 Way match. Correct. Uh so two superstars start and every 5 minutes a new superstar enters the contest until all five are in the ring. The goal is to have the most pinfalls when the when the clock finally hits 25 minutes. So pinfalls can be DQ, pinfalls can be submissions, or pinfalls can be pinfalls. Uh falls can be won at any time. And superstars are able to get them like I said by a pinfall submission or DQ. When a superstar though, here's the here's the wrinkle. When a superstar scores of a fall, they earn one point. But when a superstar loses a fall, there must be a penalty. What is their penalty? They're stuck in a penalty box for 90 seconds.
1: Ooh.
0: Meaning that they can't get involved in a match. So if they're down like 2-0, they're down three-nil, they are down 3 0 they do not have you know they're running out of time right, to score a pinfall. So because they're stuck there, they can't move, right? Yeah. So that's the punishment for losing a fall. Once those 90 seconds are up, the superstar is obviously eligible to re-enter the contest. And when the 25 minutes are up, the superstar with the most falls will be named the Iron Survivor. So what's interesting about this is Royal Rumble psychology is the later you come in, the better chance you have because you're fresher. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Iron Survivor psychology is not so cut and dry. You want to come in late because you'll be the freshest man at the end of the match. You know, Meaning that you can be down on four other very tired men. Like. Yeah. Uh, but when you come in as the fifth and final entrant, you only have five minutes to score falls. So you're fresh, yes. But, but same... time is running out.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. You know, everyone else is like one, two, three, four, five falls Or you know, like you you have to rush to catch up. I think the psychology of it, including the penalty box and everything, makes it very interesting. Um I thought reading the rules it would seem very complex, but the way Shawn Michaels has booked it see made it seem very logical. I think the rules make sense when watching it. Um, and it's important to watch it uh, because you only kind of get the idea of it as the logic of it plays out during the match itself and it played out in two different ways during the men's and women's mm-hmm. which were very different types of matches um, now knowing like the rules and concepts and stuff like that are you interested in watching an Iron Survivor match? Sure. nice okay because I heard good things um, about it uh. definitely man um, honestly the best part of NXT Deadline were the two Iron Survivor matches
1: oh not the new j
0: also, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, since we're on the topic of Iron Survivor yeah, Challenge, absolutely. the men's and women's, I think, were bangers. Okay. Um, Zoe Stark versus Indy Hartwell versus Koranjeet versus Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James. Great opener to showcase what uh, the Iron Survivor Challenge is about. Um, they played it very logically and safe. It explained the rules to fans. It showed you how you can get loopholes and what is the psychology of it. So, great start to it. Nice. The men's one, though. Contender for match of the year. Mm. Seriously. The men's Iron Survivor Challenge, JD McDonough versus Joe Gacy Mm -hmm. versus Carmelo Hayes versus Axiom versus Grayson Waller. Amazing match. Um, Roxanne Perez wins the Iron Survivor Challenge for the women. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, Grayson Waller wins for uh, the men's one. So I I thought it was going to be Joe Gacy or Carmelo Hayes in particular. But I guess not. I guess Kamala B is getting called up soon, or who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Casey had just recently faced uh, um, Apollo Crews, so he was out. But, anyways, like the way the chemistry of these five men, the way that they did the uh, the logic of the match as well, the way that Grayson, Grayson Waller realized that there was only 10 seconds left on the clock, he was up by one fall, and he just decided to run out the clock by running around the ring, by, by running outside the ring. People were trying to catch him and everything. I've never seen the idea of running out the clock happen in a wrestling match before. And that was very, very interesting. Um, yeah, this was a, a a fantastic match. If you want to watch NXT Deadline, I highly, highly recommend the two Iron Survivor challenges, the men's and the women's. Very interesting concept. I thought it was going to be a mess. It ended up being very well executed. Nice. Um, most of the matches, like Elbow Fire vs. Island Dawn and Braun Breaker vs. Uh, Apollo Cruz, was pretty, ah eh, okay, solid, mm-hmm. nothing special. Mm-hmm but one of the highlights was the new day coming down to nxt Christian to NXT. challenge to challenge blue deadly elton prince and kit wilson for the nxt tag team championships but their reasoning because they want to be since they since the usos broke their record right they no longer have that record they're going after a new record they want to be the only tag team triple crown winner winners, winners. Oh. meaning the only tag team that's ever won the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT tag team championships. Hmm. And wouldn't you know it, the New Day pulled it off against Pretty Deadly in the banger of a match. Nice. I mean, this match was amazing. There were comedy spots. There was high action spots. I mean, it, was it as good as FTR versus the Briscoes? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, they certainly tried to come close. This was a very, very good match. And he had... Some of the comedy moments were hilarious also. It also included um, a twerk-off between both The New Day and Piri who tried to out talk each other in the middle of the ring sure. for like a minute. why not? Um, Yep, yep. I was very, very, very into this match, and you should catch it too. Okay. The New Day win. They are your new NXT Tag Team Champions. What do you think about this? Are you happy that they are Triple Crown winners, or are you sad that The New Day has been kind of brought down to NXT? What, what do you think about this? I
1: team? don't think it's a bad thing for for the New Day to be brought down to NXT. Mm. I think that the way NXT functions right now, it kind of is a, you know, it's a brand on its own, right? Yes. So, I don't feel like it's a bringing... I mean, I feel that it's good for the brand itself, to have champions like the New Day. right? such a great tag team to actually come back and win a tag team title um yep. it makes the history of the nxt tag team title interesting mm-hmm. because it already has such a great lineage right yep. you have fdr you have uh, diy you have um well not the new day sure,
0: among other yeah. tag teams sure yeah
1: so yeah i don't think it's a bad thing
0: agreed agreed as well yeah um the New Day are Triple Crown winners. I actually don't think the New Day are going to be long-time yeah. champions.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, as strange as it is to say, the New Day uh, might actually be transitional champions here. Um, and I size. think the idea I think the idea is for the New Day to put over Pretty Deadly and have them lose in a rematch. La. But at the same time, they still get the record la, for winning all three belts. So, win-win-win-win for all. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Um, Pretty Deadly have really improved a lot since I saw them in NXT UK. They have really become one of my favorite tag teams in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Did not think that I would say that ever for this two comedy gimmick model wrestlers, but, but you Hey, it works. It works. They're actually really, really good wrestlers. So yeah, um, pretty high praise for NXT that like the highlights were very high. The low lights were very low though. Mm. So just just watch the three matches that I recommended. La. Um as I mentioned earlier, Roxanne Perez won the Iron Survivor Challenge, meaning that she gets to call her shot for the NXT Women's Championship. And she didn't wait long. She cashed it in this week on NXT. Taking out Mandy Rose in the match, Ooh. beating her. Mandy Rose is the longest-running women's NXT champion.
1: 431 days.
0: Amazing. Yeah. She has such a long run. The fact that she dropped it so quickly to Roxanne Perez just a week after the Iron Survivor Challenge was itself surprising. And then it turns out the reason Mandy Rose dropped the belt so rashly, so abruptly, yeah, was because Mandy Rose got fired. Exactly for posting. Lewd or sexually explicit content on her fan time page. Uh, The WWE high ups felt that this was this was outside the parameters of her WWE deal. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they have some sort of morality clause or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But many rose got cut. Um, According to many rose, she got cut or fired without even a conversation. Like they didn't even request that she take down her page. They just cut her. Like, they didn't even have a talk about, hey, can you take down your page? If not, we're going to fire you. They just fired her. Um, what do you think about all this? Do you think this was fair to Mandy and stuff like that?
1: Honestly, I feel it's a bit unfair because, okay, I, I don't know what is actually in her <coughs> time account, right? Yep. Um, but, like, Fentime itself is very diverse. It's not like OnlyFans where right? there's that reputation of being like for porn. Right? Right. I mean, Jorge Masvidal is like one of the top creators in fan time. Sure. And I don't think he's showing dick, right?
0: Sure. I mean, Manny Rose is not nude but she's just doing sexually explicit photos. Which
1: I feel is okay behind a paywall. Yes. You no. Know, um. The only
0: reason that it was found out is because her photos got leaked which was not her fault.
1: Yeah, exactly. And... Right, yeah. <laughs> even then is not as explicit as porn you know porn right yeah, yeah, yeah so I feel it's a bit unfair um it's not like she didn't like put effort into her WWE run right mm-hmm. her 431 days as champion is testament to that
0: she has improved a lot since she became an thank athlete.
1: you once she dyed her hair black she was great
0: yeah
1: yep and you know yeah, she's grown leaps and bounds in the industry. So it's a bit of a waste. Yeah, so I'm not sure where... And WWE standing with this whole like, morality thing, it's kind of funny la, for a company like them. I
0: mean, in the end of the day... Like, I, mean, I think
1: had itch and Lita have sex in the middle of the ring. In the
0: end of the day, I think like... Porn or lewd content or sexually explicit content. At the end of the day, it's kind of consensual, a consensual thing yeah, yeah. between an adult performer and adult customers. Exactly. Uh, WWE, who still actively currently hires, uh, sexual predators yeah. or at least alleged ones, or actually what was run by a sexual predator oh, no. for fifty years, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, here's the thing that really bugs me about this is the the way. Mandy Rose, as part of Toxic Attraction, it's a very... was pre- was presented as a sex symbol. Exactly. So what is this thing like? It's not like she's going against kayfabe or what, right? This is exactly her gimmick. Correct. This is how they were presenting her. They had a, a photo shoot with her, Thank like you. you know, um, naked with just the NXT Women's uh Championship, just you know, like covering her bits, Thank right? You. So, yes. Like if if, if, the, if NXT can do that, like why can't she do that? But herself? that
1: was a that was a throwback to the Shawn Michaels. Photoshoot, right? Shawn Michaels one, yeah. yeah.
0: So what this strikes me is is like only W only WWE can monetize the body, but she cannot do it. Which herself.
1: is so I problematic. Feel,
0: I feel like that is the actual issue here, not the morality of it. Because the morality of it doesn't make sense.
1: Exactly. Yep. But that's a, that's why WWE hasn't released a statement yet. I think the film- is <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, you you just mentioned the Shawn Michaels play golf right? Exactly. Who who is the who who runs NXT right now?
1: Shawn Michaels. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 You're yeah, Right.
0: I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I think the WWE should at least clarify this, like. I would actually be more sympathetic if WWE actually gave a reason. Like, say for example, um, Mattel. Okay, I'm giving a hypothetical. Like. I'm not saying Mattel actually did this, but you know, Mattel, their toy designers, one of their biggest sponsors and everything. Mattel saw the fan time page and said, like, we're not having this. You got to fire her.
1: Uh, do we
0: lose Mattel or do we lose Mandy Rose? I think Mattel is the op- is the better business option. Like. Of course, uh. If they said some- if they said something like that, I'm like, okay, I get it. But right now, WWE just looks like assholes for like, doing good.
1: Yeah, but they haven't released a statement, so... They got time to figure this out.
0: Absolutely, But they look yeah, more like yeah.
1: assholes now, because everybody is speculating. It's because of the fan time thing and because of morality issues. Uh, Correct, yeah. Which is yeah. stupid, yeah. Uh, For a company like Weird. WWE.
0: Weird, man, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, let's move on to other things in WWE. Have you been watching the World Cup? And I don't mean... The FIFA World
1: I'm Cup. That, SmackDown.
0: I mean the SmackDown World Cup. Obviously the SmackDown trying to um capitalize on the World Cup craze mm-hmm. here. Um I love that Americans think that it's a craze. Like only the most popular sport in the world. Lah. Anyways, um the, the SmackDown did their own tournament where the winner of the SmackDown World Cup will get a shot at the Intercontinental Championship nice. against Gunfa. What I loved about this, right, is the renaissance of Ricochet. Who has had a hell of a push? Hell of a push in this uh, tournament. He beat Braun Strowman clean. But I think him beating Braun Strowman was a message to Braun Strowman by management because he tweeted out, like, oh, nobody wants to see the Flippy Floppers and stuff like that. (laughs) And (laughs) Triple H was like, free do. do? Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. What what happens when I book a Flippy Flopper to beat me clean? (laughs) What are you going to do? What are you going to do, bro? <laughs> um, And then not only did he beat Braun Strowman clean, he had a fucking banger against Santos-Escobar in the finals. Honestly, his match against Santos was like... Uh, this is going to sound weird, lah, but Ricochet versus Santos-Escobar felt like an AEW match. <laughs> it was like... Or, or, or maybe like Black and Gold NXT match. <gasps> like that style of match. Yeah, it did. Like, did, did you watch Ricochet versus Santos? What do you think about that? It was good. The finals? I think it was fun. There was this really beautiful reverse Hurricane Runner from the top of the barricade. Yes. A very, for lack of a better term, AW type high spot. You know? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't see this type of shit in the WWE too often, especially the main roster. And boy, both of these guys delivered. And then the not only was the finals great, but the actual championship match between Gunther and Ricochet mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it reminded me a lot of Gunther's matches against, like, Tyler Bate back in NXT UK again. Speed done back in NXT UK. Um, I think these two would really benefit from a pay-per-view match that goes on thirty minutes or more. Oh, yeah. But with the time limit, the time limit they had here, they did a really good job, la. Um, in my opinion, I also think that this is Ricochet's best match on the main roster. Yeah. Um, and he's been delivering every week. He's been delivering his new best match on the main roster. Uh, it really feels like a renaissance for this guy. Uh, what do you think about you know the Ricochet versus Gunther? And then what do you think about like uh Ricochet's sort of like come up over the la- uh, last few weeks? Uh
1: the Ricochet versus Gunther match when is it?
0: Uh it was last Friday.
1: Oh, okay. I haven't caught that yet.
0: Fantastic match, yeah. Like 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 I was saying, like it reminded reminded me about like it reminded me of Gunther versus Tyler Beat from NXT. UK. Oh
1: nice. Okay.
0: Yeah, it was it was that kind of quality, yeah.
1: And then there's the
0: Yep, fantastic match for the IC Championship, and I got to say, Triple H has really done a lot to elevate the prestige of the IC Championship. Nice, by you know hosting a tournament, the winner gets the IC Champion. Uh, the uh, the best matches on the card have consistently again, you know, back in the day, the best matches on the card were always for the Workhouse Belt, the IC Belt, and now it's back again. The IC belts are always delivering bangers. Uh, Ricochet versus Santos, Ricochet versus Gunther uh, have been. Fantastic, and the stakes are the icy belt. So yeah, I like that they're they're making it a centerpiece again. I like that Ricochet is finally, after like many 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 years on the main roster, is starting to shine. Um, I think Triple H is the guy that knows how to use Ricochet the best, uh-huh. and he's showing showing that again. I mean, he he did that in Black and Gold, and he's doing that on SmackDown right yeah. now. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, sorry to to spoil Gunfire versus Ricochet, but what what do you think about uh, Ricochet's come up
1: here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was it. La. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really happy for Ricochet. No, I think uh, it's about
1: time also. La. Like, yeah. come on. He's he been languishing in the WWE for a very long time.
0: Yeah, they didn't know how to highlight what makes him special. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, about time. La.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, you know, you have to shout out Gunfer, oh, yeah. who has been having a hell Hell of a run as the IC champion, yes, by the way. Yeah. He's the guy that makes the belt legit. Because when it's on him, he it, he feels special. Mm-hmm. Gunther feels special. He does. Gunther, have, have you ever seen Gunther have a bad match on NXT or the main roster or in the Indies? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Actually, yeah. I think pound for pound, he might actually be like the best pure classical type wrestler yeah. that WWE has ever seen. I feel like Gunther works in 1950, 60, 70, 80, 90, 20 like he works in every era. Yeah. because there's special kind of talent, you know. Uh and he has chemistry with everybody. He can have chemistry with other big men, he can have chemistry with guys like yeah. Ricochet and Talabid and Dan and guys like that. Yeah. So kudos to Gunfer and kudos to Triple H for knowing how to use Gunfer and knowing how to use Ricochet. Two people who I felt like would have floundered under Vince McMahon's direction.
1: Sorry? I so can not yeah, you. there
0: you go. Uh I, I feel like Triple H's Handling of Gunther and Ricochet awesome. uh, has been awesome. Yeah. And particularly because we saw how Vince was handling Gunther and Ricochet. Like shit. Um, yeah, terribly. I, I don't think they would have succeeded no. if Vince McMahon was still around. So, yeah. Kudos to Triple H for that. No um, yeah. That wraps it up for this week's uh, hard hits. Any final thoughts before we we ring in the new year with uh, Wrestle Kingdom next
1: year? Oh, wow. Can't wait for that. Um, Yeah. I honestly think this has been a really good year for pro <laughs> wrestling. Yep. Uh, so many contenders for match of the year. So yep. many great highlights. um, Great storylines all around. It feels like a very healthy ecosystem out there. Across mm-hmm. uh, the major promotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. What a good year to be a wrestling fan. For the past two years, Definitely. I think. Definitely, man
0: definitely man yeah this has been quite quite a spectacular year for for pro wrestling mm-hmm. um a good uh rebound uh, you know post pandemic and everything yeah. wrestling's finally back and i think every mm-hmm, definitely yeah um god damn can you believe that this was the year that vince mcmahon left the wwe Cannot, man.
1: um
0: you you would think that this was something that would never happen yeah. stone cold the de- uh redebuted, uh he returned for a wrestlemania match that isn't even in the top 10 no. stories of the year Cody Rhodes, a founder of AW Jump Ship. Yep. Um, boy, it's it's been a crazy year. I'm, 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 I'm probably missing a lot of big, other big stories of it. This has been crazy. Oh, fucking brawl out. CM Punk versus the Elite you know, and all, all these things. And
1: CM is no so longer in AW.
0: So we think. Like, <laughs> there's actually been no official confirmation of that, but I think that's the case. <laughs> right, they're trying to buy out his contract. So yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Man, uh, there was so much to talk about this year, and hopefully, there'll be even more next year when we return to cover NGPW Wrestle Kingdom. That's cool. Uh, this is fa- one final thought about Wrestle Kingdom. Sure. Wrestle Kingdom has Machine Gun Carl Anderson on it, mm. a WWE superstar. Nice. They have FTR on it. Oh, wait, that's. They have Kenny Omega on it, AEW Wrestlers. Oh. Kenny Omega versus Go Osprey. They have FTR defending the IWGP. They have Impact Wrestlers. They have stardom wrestlers. They have A Triple A wrestlers. So isn't this the real Forbidden Door? It is, huh?
1: Everything runs through NJPW. Have... JPW.
0: You have WWE guys. You have AEW guys on the same card. It's fucking insane. I love it. It's insane. I would love for machine gun Carl Anderson to like two sweet Kenny Omega or something, you know. I mean, like, like what a what a weird crossover yeah. that would that would be, yeah. And they're taking uh,
1: taking place in like neutral ground, right?
0: Yeah, the Tokyo Dome, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. I'm um, looking forward to the rest of the kingdom. It looks to be a stacked card. Particularly looking forward for Kenny Omega vs. Wasprey. Uh, till then though, this has been Hizzer. I'm Hardy. Bye guys. Bye.